0: Actually a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Dw void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check.
1: I'm Scott. Welcome back to Actors Can't Do Small Talk, uh, the podcast where I talk to my friends in the industry who are actors or not even necessarily, um, who about just life, love, and all things industry. Um, I don't really uh, think I'm any good at small talk, so we're only going to talk about the biggest topics in life. Um, and today. Uh, my guest on the podcast for this second episode. I really don't know how many of these we're gonna do, but um, we're gonna do at least two. Um, the uh, My guest with me today is uh, a really, really good friend of mine. Uh, we met on a, a little show uh, I did that you, none of you probably would have heard of, um, but uh, he played my best friend. Um, and little story, the week before we started rehearsals, I went round to his house and he cooked me chicken. Uh, it's Blake Patrick Anderson, <laughs> and then there's going to be like, like a little woo. woo! There's probably not, but that'll do. Um, how are you, Blake? I'm I'm
2: good. How how are you? I'm so good. I'm <laughs> so
1: pleased. This is this is going to be like a whole nother level of tech, because um, the last one I did with Will, we were in two different countries, we had to do yeah. like Zoom. Um, this one is two cameras in a room, and I can see your actual face, which is really uh, nice. Uh, um, yeah, so uh cheers as well because both of us have just received some really amazing news cheers um which i didn't think uh i didn't think we'd be able to share by this day but it was announced a few days ago what date are we today we're tuesday the
2: Uh, my watch says 19th but it's completely wrong it's the 18th
1: tuesday the 18th of may and uh, was it two days ago or yesterday two days ago two days ago Maybe it was three days ago. Three days ago, Be More Chill was announced that we're going to the West End, baby. I think it was even longer. Four days ago? It was Friday. Was it Friday? Five, four days, four days ago. Four days ago, it was announced that we'll be going to the West End um, in the Shaftesbury Theatre for 10 weeks, which we're really excited about, um, which is why we've got Prosecco. Sorry, champagne. Champagne. Um, Very expensive um, champagne. The most expensive £6 bottle of... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry, um, uh, (laughs) yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, great. I'm really excited. I'm so pleased you're here. I've got, oh, do you know what I've just realised? Go on. Uh, we're going to have to start all over again? No, we're not going to have to start over again, <laughs> again. And uh, the joy of this podcast is I leave all these things in, but uh, we're filming from a third angle just to have something to cut away to. And you know where all my questions are? On your phone? On the phone that's filming oh, the third angle. Amazing. So what I'll do is I'll start with the normal, the, the questions that I had in mind, which were, how are you? I'm well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, well. <laughs> I'm well. I'm well. I'm um, well. I'm well. How are you feeling? How are you feeling post news that we're going to the West End? Um, I mean, since hearing the news, it's also
2: been a very exciting weekend, re news, and it was also my birthday. So, in the last four days, I've had a lot of prosecco, so mostly I'm feeling hungover. <laughs> good, <laughs> good. Well, that's um, how I like it on this but, podcast. You know, it, I just didn't think I didn't think it was ever going to happen. So no. I literally, and it, as you know, it's all happened so quickly, so
1: fast. Yeah,
2: I don't think it's actually hit me yet. No, because it's it's like it's my West End debut, and yeah. yours as well, yeah. right? Yeah, so and we're, it,
1: we're and, lead roles, and
2: it's like. I didn't think this was gonna happen. I did not think that I would make my Western debut in a lead role, like. No,
1: no, no. never, in a million years. It's I, I, crazy. I, I, I... Yeah, it's not, it, it's not real, yeah. No. It, do you know, for me, it, it will be real when we walk into that theater. Yeah. The, cause we, we are only doing a week of rehearsals, which is scary. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrified. So terrified. Yeah. Because we were just talking before we started this podcast. Um, And uh, we basically we were saying that uh, when the when the fans asked us during during the lockdown and things like that over the past year, is it coming back? And we said, we don't know. We were telling the truth. We had no idea. And actually, Blake and I had kind of let it go because we genuinely believed it might not. Yeah. Or at least um, if it did, it would be so
2: far in the future that maybe it, we wouldn't be available, or yeah. like, or they might not want us back. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, <it>. that's so
1: sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's um, we kind of let it go, and yeah. and also let the lines go. Yeah, what comes with letting it go is you make
2: space in your mind for other things. Yeah, like <laughs> life, English, <shopping> <laughs> yeah. life. And I was t- I was trying. I was at home. I was thinking of pitiful children. I was like, I can't remember any of those no, hands. No upgrade. I, there's You've
1: one dance that I had to do with my hands, and I literally... <laughs> is that that is like? the, that's the one thing I'm not excited for, is the dance movements. That, that. So there was one in Upgrade, Upgrade was a little bit longer, and then they cut it, and, and I did about a week on the tube where I was doing this on the tube, yeah. and then I got into rehearsals one day and it was just cut, and I'd wasted all that time not learning the one that wasn't cut. <laughs> <laughs> it got to the show week and I was still going, so I have no idea. For those I'm, listening on Spotify, we're doing the dance movements with our hands.
2: I am excited because also, um, I mean, I, I mean, I have no idea what the process is going to be like mm. for learning it. Mm. But obviously, no matter what the process is, whoever is teaching or like trying to, you know, direct and remember the block, they probably have no idea either. No, Chase Brock is let it go. Chase Brock is Ch- going to um, go. Uh, Eloise, oh, uh, she is probably just going to be watching videos of the show for the next couple of
1: weeks. Just Constantly. Like... <laughs> yeah, she has all the files. I hope she st- hasn't deleted all the files. I think, no, yeah, I think she probably has everything written down as well. She was so, so incredible. Yeah, she was an amazing, broadcast. so Eloise was our dance captain, she played Brooke, um, and she was our dance captain. She was absolutely amazing. Um, a real kind of hero. For us. And I imagine she's going to be in
2: that week of rehearsals as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Can you I, remember any of 2 a game? No. No.
1: No, but the joy is... I and feel I...
2: like, though, we would just... I feel like if you put the music on and your body just muscle memory, I'm praying that that's going to...
1: Oh, I, I hope so. I really show. hope so. Maybe they're... on
2: day one, they should just be like, go. Let's go. Let's see how... <laughs> <much."> <laughs> I honestly think they will. <laughs> I think they're going to do that. I
1: think Stephen's going to be like, we're just going to go for it and see what yeah. you remember. We're going to get to two player games going. Find the bad guy. Bring <laughs> it um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if you can. Uh, what are the, is Louisa is, are we I, having.
2: I don't. What's, I, what's the we, have, so we have no idea who.
1: Louisa was our MD. Um, we honestly have no idea whether the creative team are going to be the same. Yeah. We don't know whether the Americans are going to be flying over.
3: Yeah.
1: It's yeah it's um it's a it's, it's a scary all thing it's all unknown but i'm really excited it's an but excited it's fear it's ha- is... it's happening we're going to the west end and it's going to be amazing we're going to
2: the west end
1: so i asked my instagram uh for questions to ask a, you i sh- you shared it you did you shared it thank you very much um it also meant that, that a lot of your friends... friends yeah just were like yeah yeah why is he such a snack yeah. <laughs> 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 i, I love absolutely that. love that so i'm just gonna i'm gonna refresh it so that everyone gets their question possibly aren't asked asked and answered right uh i did i i screenshot a few that i really liked uh the first is um the first topic to talk about the the question will come later but i'll start with uh i know a few things that you did before be more chill mm-hmm. i know a few things you did after so you were in rent the other one is that you were in starlight express in germany for a year
2: uh 16 well i was there for 16 months but it's a year yeah that's
1: incredible so uh for those who don't know, go on, Blake. Tell them a, a, just a 10 second version of the of the story. So
2: it's so it's it's a weird one because everyone kind of knows of the show, but mm-hmm. when you talk about it, people actually have no idea what it's actually about. So basically, the entire cast are toy trains. It's basically like Thomas the Tank Engine the musical, um, and every now and then, throughout the show, they race against each other for fun because they're toys, <laughs> right? And there's a voice of control the voice of control is a child who is supposed to be in bed but has got out of bed and is playing with his toys right right. and we are his toys and it's kind of like we come to life yeah and by the end of the show we've kind of got our own we're like we're not gonna do what you say we're gonna do what we want and And, um, they race and basically I played there's 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 three like main trains uh-huh. locomotive engines you have engines and you've got coaches and you've got like different different you're like and there's different rules like coaches aren't allowed to move by themselves because only engines have like the power wow and oh my like god ridiculous. um so i played the steam engine rusty the steam train yeah there's electro the electric train and then there's diesel the diesel train yeah and um basically they're like the three people who competing against each other to win the heart of Pearl, the first-class carriage. Mm -hmm. Um, But Rusty is the old steam train and he doesn't get... everyone just picks on him and he's like the small guy and then um, he just wants to prove that he can win the race and so he enters the race. then he gets beaten up and then his mum always tells him about the Sala Express and that the, when you need them they will come to you and <clears throat> so he like sings obviously to the Sala Express and he's like, When are you gonna when are you gonna show up? I need you mm-hmm. and then you know the moral of the story is that the Sala Express was
1: inside him the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> so the question is because um, obviously that was in Germany and you were in, you were yes. there for quite a while and yes. and I did ask you this at Be Mature. How fluent are you or were you in German? So, I can speak German pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think I choose not to.
2: I try to sometimes because obviously the show has a huge fan base and a yeah. great support network. And I do try to every now and then Keep it in your head. engage yeah. in German, but I do get a bit embarrassed. So, right. mostly because they all speak such good English, yeah. I end up speaking in English. But right. the show is in German. Uh huh.
1: Oh, wow. And oh, lived... of course it is. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, I mean, for the first couple of weeks, you're singing a show that you have no idea what you're saying. Right. You of just course. learn how to say it. Yeah. Um, but then, obviously, I mean, some people probably still don't know what they're saying <laughs> by the end of it, but I was intent... Yes, that to learn... I was learn going to be the, there for a long time, so to learn what I was saying, I learned as much as I could, Um, just going out to eat, and I just wanted to... I mean, what an amazing skill to learn on a job, so oh my I was gosh. like, I just want to learn as much as I can. Yeah. Fun fact. Fun <clears> fact. <throat> um... My German is... My accent is good. So, right. like, in terms of, like, work... Yeah. Um, I've had a couple of, like, auditions or, like, castings for German uh, commercials or, or things like this. Um, so, actually, on my spotlight, it does say German native. <laughs> um, because I... Uh, um, yeah. You've I got just a thought, flawless... you know what, if I'm, if I'm learning the script... It'll be fine. Yeah. But one day if I actually get a job and I turn up and everyone's speaking German on set and I'll be like, hmm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm, mm. So the
1: question is from Millie, what is the weirdest thing that Germany has a word for? Something in English we don't have a word for and we just kind of describe in a sentence, but some languages have a word for, for things like that.
2: So... Two, th- a couple of things. Yeah. Germany have like, I guess we probably kind of. There is probably something similar in English, mm-hmm. but Germans have like compound nouns. Right. I think it's compound now. So basically, like. So uh, I don't know. This is probably a really bad example. Imagine the glass falls off the table. Yeah. Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the <laughs> glass. glass. <laughs> <laughs> They put, like, loads of words together to make one word, and it is one word, but it literally is lots of words put together. Mm-hmm. So, like, say, for example, okay, the glass has fallen off the table. In English, I would say, oh, the glass has fallen off the table, but there would be a word in German that literally is glass fallen, like, <laughs> glass amazing. falling" or glass fallen off the table, but it's, like, one word. Like... That's the only way I can explain <laughs> it. <laughs> That's brilliant. And the second thing is, it's not a word, but I'm obsessed. You've probably seen on my Instagram. Go on. With German, they have these German phrases which make absolutely no sense, but they like mean something else. Right. So, um, one of them, which is my favourite, is, um, mm, uh, klapper zu I think I've said that right. Right, and it means close the lid. The monkey is dead, but it just means like that's all, folks. That's that's it. It's it's over. Close <laughs> close the lid. Close the lid. The monkey is dead. Wow. Or the best one is ich, ich verstehe nur Bahnhof, which means I understand only train station, <laughs> <laughs> and it means I don't understand. Oh, there's one more. Ich glaube, <laughs> ich Spinner. I believe. I think a spider.
1: You think a spider. I
2: think I spider. And it means I'm I am i am going crazy. It, I don't. I, I think I spider. <laughs> <laughs> I think I spider. And I love. There's so many of them, and I'm obsessed with them. I constantly use them as just captions on my Instagram. Posts.
1: That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of leads on with just you being amazing. Is I'm um, the kind of person you are. Um, the the question from Abby. The best prank you've pulled or would ever dream of pulling or have almost pulled or thought about pulling? Are you known for pranking? I I assume there's a reason to this question.
2: So I would say I'm not known for pranking purely because, especially in terms of like, when you're working in shows, lots of people tend to try and make you corpse or Mm -hmm, do like mm -hmm. little jokes. And I am one of these people who like, you only have to look at me and like raise an eyebrow and I'm like, God.
1: Well, we've had a situation, t- I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but go on.
2: <laughs> and so, I try desperately not to be that person, because it will always backfire on oh, me. If always. I try to make you laugh, I, you'll, you'll laugh be before there with a straight I... face, yeah. and I'll be laughing yeah. my head off like... Oh, yeah. That's always the work. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a I'm a bad
1: prankster, yeah. I would say. Okay. But I'm very easily to to, to prank. <laughs> right. Amazing. That's that's brilliant. So, you're the pranky, not the prankster. Oh, totally. Brilliant. <laughs> amazing Uh, your favourite thing about Michael's personality so Michael for those who don't know if you are listening uh, is the character Blake plays in uh, Be More Chill he sings a very famous song Michael in the Bathroom he did it wonderfully uh, at the other palace which is where we were and I'm sure he'll do it wonderfully at Sharpsbury but this is a question about the character himself what's your favourite thing about his personality
2: Um, I mean I'm biased so
1: I love everything about him Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I must say you did invent him (laughs) <laughs> Sorry.
2: Well, I mean I had a lot of help. Um the, the script does some of the work. The script does some of the work. George Salazar obviously paved Wonderful. the a beautiful way. Yeah. Um I think obviously Michael is kind at heart, which is obviously beautiful. But one thing that I admire about the character is that especially for a teenager, he doesn't care about what people think. Mm-hmm. He, he's so authentic. Or even authentic in the sense that he probably doesn't even know who he is. Yeah. But he
1: authentically knows that he doesn't know, which I think is lovely. Which, not to ruin the story or anything, is almost the kind of plot of our musical, in a sense. Indeed. It's the difference between that attitude yeah. and the attitude of Jeremy, which is uh, not quite the same. Uh, no. Oh, no, I, don't, I no longer have questions. Well, pardon? Well, I no longer have questions for you. <laughs> I, I can't talk without questions. <laughs> We right. I can't do small talk. I've, I've lost the <laughs> questions. Um, so we just we could stop now if you like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've I've had enough actually. It's
2: <laughs> <that> I. <laughs> we're done. We're done.
1: We're done. Uh, for those who are listening at home, so we have to, uh, we're Blake and I are back. We've taken a little break. Um, we have uh, two cameras filming us. It's nice, high tech here in the Follen House. Um, we've also got my phone on a stand, so we could get a nice third angle. Yeah. Um, but it, my, I, I got everyone to ask me questions on my phone, um, and the phone is recording. So, <laughs> so I'm now in the predicament of actors can't do small talk. because I'm rubbish at small talk. i sat staring. At what room I'll room. do is I'll, I'll ask the questions that I remember from <laughs> just literally it's very just 45 minutes of silence. <laughs> um, I'll ask, so uh, a question that was asked of Will, which I think is uh, uh, might, maybe a question I might bring up every time because yeah. I quite like it. And I think it's quite nice to do this, make this podcast really the big questions in life. Is it deep and profound? It's deep and profound oh. in a way, because you are in a, a long term relationship. Yeah. And the question that was asked of, um, of William mm-hmm. uh, was, have you got any advice for, on love just in general? So Will chose not necessarily to answer on relationships, on romantic relationships, but just love in general. Um, so you can answer however you like. I, it's just a question about love. I love
2: love. You love love. I am a lover. Mm. Like, I could talk about love forever. Mm. Um, I would say, I think love is universal. So it doesn't even have to be about relationships or friendships. or. And I think... That, I'll try and make it simple so I don't talk for ages and ages and ages. No, no, you take your time. You use that Um, time, it's correct. Okay, so one thing I think is the most important thing about any relationship is communication, of course, and Mm -hmm. honesty. Because I I watched an interview once with a guy who was a marriage counsellor, a specialist, and he said something that, like, really resonated with me and it was that the biggest thing that causes relationships to fail is that people are afraid to admit what they want because once you admit what you want you have to then subsequently accept the reality of whether it's possible for you to get it or not so i think now the most important thing i always just think is just say what you want and deal with the reality because if you hold it in then you build up resentment and you and then you end up not knowing each other and you just drift apart so the most important thing is to admit what you want another thing um there's actually a documentary about it i can't remember what it's called but like people give and receive love in different ways
3: hmm.
2: so some you may give love you may receive love in one way and i may receive love in another way hmm. so i will give you love in a way that i like to receive it yeah and you will do the same But we could do that our whole lives and then never get what we need or what we want. Yeah. So it's so important to learn how other people receive love and then you can give love in the way that they receive it. Mm. The last thing, and this is something that I've really thought about recently, is love is unlimited. You are not like, I think it's, we, we always have, society teaches you this notion that you only have so much love to give. And I think it's completely untrue. Mm. Love is unlimited. And you can, the more you give, the more you receive. So love everyone. everyone That's brilliant.
1: That's lovely. I love that. Love (laughs) is unlimited. That's the kids listening today. That's the the lesson to take away from this podcast is that love is unlimited. (laughs) Um, I also love the dynamic that um, you were talking about love. And my girlfriend is behind one of the cameras and I just looked over at her and was like, love is unlimited she's got prosecco in her hands and she's happy bottomless branch of prosecco (laughs) that's how my girlfriend likes to receive love in a glass bubbly glass she's happy don't we all don't we all (laughs) cheers Cheers all of you cheers to bubbly glasses cheers Cheers. um yeah so we're going to the west end it i really it's it's I, i feel like i'm repeating myself Um, and some people might say I've just run out of things to say but I I mean it repeats in my head (laughs) every now and
2: then I'm just sat thinking of nothing staring into the abyss and then it's you're going to the West End and then then you get
1: excited all over again sorry what yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's it's the fact that for most of us in the cast it's going to be our West End debuts I know quite a few I know there's like Millie It's obviously been in the West End loads but for a lot of us it's going to be our West End debuts and what a show what a show it's brilliant. It's so feel good. But it's also like, so for those, our, our context, cause I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will know what Be More Chiller is, but a lot of people won't know. Um, and uh, Be More Chiller is a show we did at the other palace. It's a wonderful, wonderful show that is about um, a boy called Jeremy here and his best friend, Michael, who go on this journey <laughs> played so by-
2: You said Jeremy here and I thought you were
1: gonna say Michael there. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> Jeremy here and Michael there. Um, Jeremy here and Michael Mel, uh, played by myself and Blake Patrick Anderson, uh, in the West End Shaftesbury Theatre from the thirtieth of June. 30th of June. Um, uh, and it uh, it it's about kind of their journey. Je- Jeremy takes this pill um, that implants a supercomputer in his brain that tells him how to be cool, um, but that's not necessarily what he wants. Um, and it's the journey of finding finding that in himself um, and how basically his best friend Michael is is the most amazing human in the world and everyone knows it and he sings this great song and the audience are basically on michael's side the whole time and i get it you all love michael but listen i start the show all right um but it's such a wonderful show and it's so feel good um and it's in its music musicality but it's also so kind of profound it's like bubbly and it's like the only apparently the only broadway show that's used a theremin that instrument that kind of goes which literally so the guy who played it in the show
2: at the other palace yeah. did not know how to play one no he was just like yeah sure I'll all right <laughs> and then nailed it nailed
1: every note there was not a note out <laughs> of place yeah oh that
2: guy was amazing i know and he was right on the edge of the, the yeah. thing so you we could, could watch t- him do it i couldn't i i feel very bad and i apologize to anybody else in the band apart from louisa who obviously i know and love mm-hmm. um He's the only person who I remember really from the band yeah. because he was right at the edge, and they were so tucked away. Yeah. But yeah, we we would stare and make faces. And yeah.
1: <laughs> just no, but adore the him. the other thing was that um again for context we we did the show for about three weeks maybe four weeks and I it got it was cut like off
2: three two and a half three yeah. three and a half yeah so it
1: really I mean you know things like we didn't get to know the band because we didn't go out no um and obviously you know you don't want to talk about what's happening over this year but it has. It has occurred it, towards the end of the run. It was happening, and so we we did yeah. kind of not go out. I and mean, we our last couple of shows, we we had had well the, no very, the very the last very last show, show. We had our assistant director Gavin reading from the side of the stage um, one of the parts. Bless miracle chance. Oh, oh my goodness. She, she
2: said she said shall I shall I direct my lines to you the <laughs> side or shall I just and they made the decision that she would just. Do everything as normal. So she's singing duets, she's acting with someone on stage who isn't there. She just, she full on had conversations with nobody. It was amazing. I am so, so proud. Oh, she,
1: she was the only person, bless her, I love her so much. Yeah. She was the only person we got to the end of the show, and we were all like, yeah, that went really well. Like, not knowing it was going to be our last show yeah it went really well we were really pleased with it because it could have been a complete failure miracle came off like i looked like (laughs) such an idiot (laughs) what was i doing (laughs) it was so amazing (laughs) but yeah no she is um she's an absolute gem miracle but that was a but actually coming i said i'd mention it later that was also the night talking of corpsing do you remember was it the night was that the night so there were a few corpses. We were just saying there are a few, but the main one was the very final night. Um, Blake Patrick Anderson, uh, the Western End star of stage and screen, Blake Patrick Anderson, comes on stage. In this. Uh, no, you don't come on stage. You're in a bath. You're in the bath. You're wheeled on stage. No one knows you're there. Well, big fans of the show know you're there, but people who are not supposed to know you're there. And uh, you pop up in this monster costume, yeah, which is made of rubber. Covered in trash. Yeah, covered in trash, but the inside is rubber. Am I right? Yeah. It's like a rubber... It's yeah. like a fish alien mask. That's amazing. Like alien it, fish mask. It, actually, it was supposed to scare me, but it actually did scare me every night. And you would take it off to reveal that it's you. But I have also alien oh, fish webbed hands Of course, on, yeah.
2: Which is the biggest problem because yes. it makes everything very difficult. And so
1: he, <laughs> he, in his webbed rubber fish alien hands, takes his webbed rubber fish alien head off and reveals that it's Michael. But his glasses, on the final, this has never happened. So we weren't prepared for this. His glasses come off. And that happens. You just put them back on. Yeah. But when you're wearing fish... Alien webbed... Webbed webbed. fish alien hands. (laughs) You can't just put your glasses on. And it does take about 10, 15 seconds to even come close to it. And you have glasses like mine that pop down. Yeah. So you have to really kind of get under there, hold them and put them on your face. They don't give you any help. And... (laughs) What we're doing now—the the laughing, the kind of like little bit of laughing we're doing now—is exactly what we did on stage. It was um the worst minute of my life. And it was so long. It was brilliant, and it felt obviously
2: probably felt way longer than it actually oh, was. Oh yeah, it was probably about five was, seconds. It was longer than what was comfortable. Oh. The
1: audience started laughing. Yeah, like, so they the, were the journey us. of it was you laughed. <laughs> so you turned your, I you turned, oh yeah, you turned your face to the back, so you were showing them the back of the suit, <laughs> and of course I laughed because you were laughing, so my face went down into my hands, and then there's this moment of, because we're covering our, still lives. not getting the glasses on, yeah, oh, <laughs> you're trying, <laughs> trying so hard, and you're, it's it, but, and this is just purely for the visual, but I'll try and do sounds next to the microphone. <laughs> it's <laughs> like this. That's as good as it was to get your glasses on, and so I. And then we hear a little kind of, because your microphone's on, of course, yeah. and that sets the audience off. Uh, and so, three hundred people in the other palace, knowing that this isn't what's supposed to happen, because also that scene is so poignant. Yeah, I won't. I don't want to ruin it because people won't have seen it. It's a serious it's scene. Just really, it's like and it starts off in quite a show light that funny, isn't, but it isn't gets serious. Yeah, yeah. In a show that isn't full of those moments. When they are there, they're very important to be, you know. And we we right mugged that one up. <laughs> and we were, we were just laughed through those lines. Oh, didn't we? completely. And until the very until last when moment, when I serious. looked you dead in the and eye, we I was like, like uh, I'm not even gonna do the lines because <laughs> I can't remember them. thing and secondly, I don't <laughs> want to. Really. You know,
2: I was sat here thinking, well, what was the line I
1: kept laughing <laughs> on? And I thought, it's mm, gone. No. Oh, no. I did. <laughs> Have you? Did you get your script out? Have you got your script out? No, you can't find it, can you? I know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, around here somewhere is my score. It's over there. I've got, yes. I've, got I've got my score up, and I, I've listened to... Um... I listened to the cast recording. Yeah, I listened to Will Rowland and George thought, Salazar. How does that go again? Yeah, is two-player this, game. What's
2: really funny is, you know the intro to the two-player game how does it go it's like I'm gonna let you sit in this morning, <laughs> <laughs> I was in bed the other day and Michael who's the name of my boyfriend yes. and came in, <clears> throat> throat> and he was like what is this from and he was singing that and I was like you idiot that's Mario <laughs> <laughs> and he was like no it isn't and then he sung Mario to me and I was like oh yeah that's Mario I was like, I don't know, why does it sound so familiar? <laughs> it took us like, all morning to realise it was the beginning of two-player games. It was <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of the song you'd sung for that about two months of your life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Oh. No, yeah, it's like that. It's really like that. I had a singing lesson for the first time um, and basically got told I can't sing anymore. <laughs> like, he was like, what are you doing? He did this, the, My singing teacher grab, does this thing where he, well, he normally would grab my hair, but I'm going to do the reveal. Well, it's actually not so bad. now, But basically, I, I did a film a couple of weeks or months ago, and they Have shaved a Britney my head. Moment. What was it? Britney moment. Oh yeah, I've had my Britney moment, and I've shaved. But I'm growing it back for the show. Um, but uh, he would he would normally grab my hair and kind of pull pull my head back. Sorry, it's in the right position to sing. And he went to do it. And just kind of went, huh? <laughs> just where's your hair? Huh? And he'd literally grabbed the side of my head and went like that, and it hurts so much. But but I can now sing, can sing again. now I can sing again. <laughs> and that's all it takes kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, forget drama <laughs> school. Just get someone to grab the so side of your head. Grab your head. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yes, position, you know, spinal position. But yeah, it was, uh, it was more than survive. Because when, when I did that with my singing teacher, and we did the kind of vocal stamina of it. It's, it's an eight and a half minute song or something. Yeah. And it's basically me for seven minutes of that. Mm. You sing a bit, the cast sing a bit, but it's basically me singing seven minutes of just vocals. And it's
2: vocal those like... like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, massive
1: jumps. octave yeah. jumps. <laughs> um, so when we did it the first time, before having done the show, we thought, oh, I can do this easy. And then you add the dancing on top of that and the dialogue. My god. My god. So we tried I tried in in his room, in his like room where we do the singing lesson to do a bit of the dark. <laughs> no, I can't remember I any of to it. Have seen that. No, I could not remember <laughs> any of it, like Oh my gosh. So I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask another question. All right. Um Oh, this is lovely. From Casey Walsh.
2: Thank you, Casey Walsh. Um
1: what's the last thing you think of before going on stage? Just before you walk on ignoring the, the lines. Maybe if you get into character pre-stage, if you get into character just before you go on stage, what's the last thing you think of just before you get into character? Hmm. <laughs> this is a podcast, Blake. You've got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> the silence doesn't work on... <laughs> That's not quite how this works.
2: Um, I, I, you say not the lines, but it is obviously the lines. Always. I, um, I, someone once told me, just think about the first line and then the rest like because i <laughs> always i always think about you worry about moments don't you but yeah. someone told me just worry about the first one just worry about the first thing you think so i always just think about the, the first the very first thing i have to do as soon as i get on stage that's a fair very, answer very boring answer but yeah, yeah.
1: no well yeah. leading in then there's another question about how exciting is it to burst in shouting well singing michael makes an entrance
2: i before i do that i am filled with adrenaline <laughs> Amazing. Mainly because there's a couple of things to consider. So, in the music, it is literally just going like. So, I kind of have to pitch it out of nowhere. Oh, God. But then the band comes in and it is in tune. And every time I get it in tune, I'm like, yes. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I love that you just um, said the band comes
2: in and it's in tune. Yeah, you kind of hope so. Well, you hope so. Yeah, you hope so. You yeah. hope so. Um, and they they obviously are always um, and wonderful. Mm. And so every time I do it and I've got it right, it's like a win. Ding ding. <laughs> so before I go on, I'm kind of trying to think about what that note is going to be. Yeah. That night, I think I got it right most times. Right. Mm. Um, oh yeah. And also just the adrenaline. I just literally psych myself up with adrenaline <laughs> because yeah. I'm. It's, th- it's such an iconic entrance isn't it and oh so, yeah. yeah i just have to psych myself up like crazy
1: that's brilliant we're obviously coming up to the end of the podcast and i'll tell you why it's because i did one with will roland i didn't know how long a podcast had to be uh, ended up being about 65 minutes which is a, a hell of a long time a to long listen to two time. people talking um will told me it should be about 38 minutes which is precisely his journey uh, when he travels into work to do a show so the still right. to- an average commute. Average, com- you know, average commute. I'd say that's average in London. Yeah. How long well, does it else? take you to get to the Shaftesbury? So, just probably for an it example. It takes
2: me about 40 minutes, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, you can listen to an yeah. Actors Can't Do Small Talk podcast. Yeah. I mean, and what
2: else do people do while they're what, listening to podcasts? Cooking dinner, doing the
1: washing, washing up. Yeah, how long does that take? It all takes 40, take 40 30 minutes. 38 minutes, yeah, 30 probably years. precisely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, probably precisely that. <laughs> so, if you're cooking dinner or going to the Shaftesbury Theatre, Listen to actors can't do small talk. Only on Broadway Podcast Network. I'm good at this, aren't I? <laughs> That's great. Um,
2: he's a natural.
1: How can I sing as good as you, Eddie Drummond? Hmm. A good question.
2: I mean, I'm flattered. Flattered <laughs> that you think I'm good. Mm. Um I do always I do keep saying um I've been very, very, very fortunate and very blessed to have done a couple of jobs over the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I keep saying to my friends and um, my boyfriend, people keep giving me jobs and I'm not very good. So I don't, it's like, it, I'm just, I'm just grateful. <laughs> I'm, I'm and lost one day, one day <laughs> I'm then grateful maybe realize that I'm maybe not that talented <laughs> and, um, and then, and then the the gig's over. But, yeah, the, the gig's <laughs> um, up. But you know, practice, practice, practice makes perfect.
1: Practice. Well, so there's this is a, a, a weird thing to bring up, but just I love that phrase. Practice makes perfect. So, someone said to me once, "Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent." Because I and I tell you who it was. It was my singing teacher who said it to me. Because I have this really bad these bad habits. You get these bad habits when you sing, um, things like you sticking your chin right. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be really nice on camera. Mm. Um, uh, and and like bringing your larynx right up, um, and if you do that constantly, in pra- while you're practicing, you'll do it forever. Yeah. So actually, that's wrong. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. That's how he said it to me. <laughs> what is it?
2: Oh, I can't. I can't remember that. There was something cool I was going to say and I've forgotten. <laughs> Good. It was something we... very similar. You know. Yeah. I
1: love. Oh, do you know what I was going to say? Is um. As Will Roland would say, for the kids at home, uh, what Blake was feeling and what Blake described to you is is known as imposter syndrome. I'm going to look down the lens as I do this. It's very important. This is is like uh, Uh, like I know it well. I know it (laughs) well. I know it well. Imposter syndrome. Uh, A lot of us feel it. And if you're feeling, if you're feeling that, I'm going to leave all this in. (laughs) (laughs) Treble
2: two. Treble two.
1: Oh, we we do all feel imposter syndrome, um, and of course Blake is the, one of the most talented actors in the West End. Look at us, soon to be, soon to be in the West End, um, and and also feels it, feels it. So if you feel it, um, and you feel you're not you're not as talented as people are telling you are, you are sorry as people. Ta- if you feel. You- <laughs> If this you is feel a podcast, Scott, you have to speak. <laughs> you're the worst. If you don't feel you're as talented as people are telling you you are, then you are, because everyone is brilliant. And and if Blake Patrick Anderson thinks he's not talented, then you're talented because he's clearly talented. Uh, moving on swiftly from that weird, like, moral moment in my <laughs> podcast. Um. Oh what inspired you to become an actor? I think that's a really beautiful way to end this podcast. I think we should talk about what inspired us to become actors, wrap it up, say our goodbyes, say how excited we are to go to the West End and and end the podcast just really abruptly. Really like abruptly, Like suddenly. I'll, I'll edit it so that it you, I'll maybe even cut off something you're saying. Yeah, just like... I think it's really important to add in those like, kind of comedic moments. <laughs> 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 go on. Um, Blake Patrick Anderson, what inspired you to become an actor?
2: Um, I guess... Um... And anybody who, who, anybody who is an actor and disagrees with this is... Wrong. ...is a liar. <laughs> um, because I guess there is an element of just, you know, liking attention. <laughs> well. And uh, we were all probably the kids that, you know, liked attention. <laughs> or... <laughs> um, so, so uh, yeah, there, there's an element of that. But I yeah. think mostly I just, you know, that obviously it starts and it stems from a place of just loving to entertain other people isn't it like it's not it's not always necessarily look at me it's Mm
3: -hmm.
2: i want to do something for you i want to make you laugh i want to tell a story i think yeah it comes i just love to tell stories and and to make other people laugh and to make people feel something it's it makes you feel good to make other people feel good doesn't it yeah it really does
1: and um what was your journey in i i talk a lot but i don't know if i've mentioned it with will run maybe i did uh, I keep saying Will because he was the first guest on the podcast. And this is only episode two. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but I didn't go to drama school. Um, it wasn't something I did. I was a child. I went really posh there. I didn't go to drama school, but I can do the posh <laughs> voice, and I don't need it. I, I didn't go to drama school. Um, I-, I was a child actor. Child and star. I'm a child star. Uh, some some describe me as most. Uh, I was a child actor. I managed to get myself an agent very young. So I just kind of launched into it. And, and actually, that has caused me to have that imposter syndrome that you were talking about um, a lot. But d- what was your what was your journey? Did you go to drama school? I mean,
2: so... I, I'm, I, I'm
1: asking you like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Did you so, go to drama school, Blake? I feel
2: very similar to you. And I think it does, you know, we do all feel that imposter syndrome. And I think it comes from a similar kind of place because I didn't really know about drama school. I didn't really know drama school existed when I was at college or when I was applying to university. Fun fact, when I originally applied for university, I applied for university to do modern European languages and I had a conditional place. I very nearly went to university to study
1: Gosh, French and German. And we'd have like, never so seen weird. Michael Mell done um, right.
2: Yeah, and then for some reason I dropped out of my A-levels. Um, and i I guess it, there's a voice when you're an actor that comes up every now and then whether it's from friends or various family members, that will tell you that it's not a proper job. Yep. Or that you're not going to make a living from being an actor or there's musician. There's no money in it. Or there's no money in it. So <clears throat> that kind of then starts to live in your own head. So I think that was the reason why I stopped doing my A-level, because I was studying music. And I thought, I'm wasting my time. I need to go and get a job. I need to learn skills. So I left college and I did an apprenticeship in hairdressing. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Random. Um, and then after a year of doing that and I qualified... Um, all my friends had gone to university and I was jealous as hell and I had massive FOMO yeah so I applied to university to do musical theatre and I did a foundation degree at um, the Southern Theatre Arts Centre which is near Brighton Mm -hmm. Um, it's only a two-year course very practical a lot of people then go on to do drama school Um, so I did I I applied to drama school um, and I got into an amazing school in London called Arts Ed Um, and then after six months i left i made the decision to leave um wow mainly because you know uh, it was it was it was quite difficult going back into an institution after having been out before i went to uni and after i went to uni i had a year out um and so it was really difficult going back to school and um moving to london had huge financial impact on me yeah Um, as it does being you know someone who is struggling financially someone who's moved to London who's not from a big city um someone who was recently you know kind of trying to authentically live as a queer person Mm. like I was suffering badly and my mental health was really bad yeah so I made the decision to leave drama school because I knew that as amazing as the school was and the amazing time I had there, if I'd have stayed for three years, I would have been, I, I would not have been myself. I'd have come out less, less a lesser person. Less Blake. Yeah. I'd have been, yeah. I'd have, I'd have compromised on myself. Yeah. Um, so I had to take that time and I went moved back home and I took lots of time for myself. But 100% in every job I do, I, I say to myself, Oh, if you'd have stayed, mm. what, what, um, then you'd maybe know this or you'd, have you'd know how to do that more, yeah. or yeah. you'd be technically better at this but yeah. I've, I'm learning more recently that if I hadn't if I hadn't left and if mm. I hadn't made that decision then I would not have done so many things that I have done now and I'm so grateful for that and yeah. I've learned so much just in doing those things that you know that you don't learn at school like so uh, I do not I do not regret it. You do not regret yeah, it. Yeah. But, but that's brilliant. But I think that, is, that probably is the reason for any time I feel like I don't belong somewhere. It's because you are surrounded by people who all have a shared experience. Mm. And it's very rare that you meet someone like yourself who also doesn't really have that experience. Yeah. Do you, those stories.
1: Do you find... Thank you for sharing. That was beautiful. Uh, do you find that you have a lot, a few less friends in the industry than other people you know?
2: I think so. I think, I guess lots of people have friends from drama school. So that's my kind of, yeah. And I do, yeah, I do find obviously I have friends from university, but a Mm. lot of them don't live in London anymore Mm. or they they decided not to go into performing. So yeah, definitely. And I think we, we are as well as actors, we're all quite guilty of it because you often find yourself in one contract and then another contract and you find yourself with different people. I feel like although you do make friends for life, you, as an actor, rely on kind of always having a temporary social life. Yeah. You have temporary friends, and you know it's that odd. it's it's quite difficult to to keep to maintain that because you end up with lots of people that you know and love, mm. but not necessarily that many people that you see regularly or that are your friends. Yeah. Like it's, it's a
1: really odd. It's yeah. Like my, I have one best friend. Yeah. I absolutely, call him my best friend. Well, that's not true actually. If if my other, I have quite a few friends who I'd see every now and then and, and our best friends and I love them all, but there is one guy I would say is, is going to be the best man at my wedding. Yeah. yeah. And that's Harry Curly. He lives around the corner from my parents. We, you know, we went to the same kind of drama school when we were 12, um, on a Sunday morning, and, <laughs> but there's kind of, um, with the exception of, of friends I made at school, uh, who like, don't do the same thing as me. And I actually find that really nice. Um, and they're really proud of what I do and, and they really value it. Like if I say, Oh, I I'm, I'm doing a musical workshop, they're like, That's so amazing. You're like like whereas other yeah, actors yeah, be like, yeah, oh, Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, you're getting yeah, eight, yeah. paid eighty quid a day. Oh, yeah. I see. <laughs> um But it, it it is an odd thing where you kind of you latch onto the people you just did a job with. Yeah. And then and you absolutely like I look back on jobs and I think, Oh, that I love that person. Love that person.
2: love that person. I haven't seen that. But person you haven't seen them. then.
1: Yeah. And you don't know what they're up to at the moment. Yeah. Except for social yeah. media, which is a whole other mental thing. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get into that. I'm sure I'll have you on again and we'll talk about just social media.
2: <laughs> but yeah, so as sad as that is, though, there's something wonderful about ha- having those experiences and getting to meet so many different people. So many, yeah. And you do become so close so quickly, yeah. which is why I guess it feels so weird. It's not necessarily that you don't have friends, but I guess it's that you have loads of friends that you don't see. Yeah. It's kind of more That's like a beautiful that. way like, to put yeah. it.
1: That's a, I, you have loads of friends that you just don't necessarily see all the time. Because yeah. actually, I'll I, I keep my voice down because my girlfriend is in the house, but there there comes a certain point, in, and Kirsten and I have been together two years or something now, and, and you do start thinking about, like, um, next steps in relationships and things. And I did start thinking about, as I said, Harry Kelly would be my best man at my wedding. You do you do that kind of thing that maybe, like, a, you would do at nine years old and think, oh, I'm going uh, to get blah, married. to And this person's going to be my best man. Um, and I did think, oh, who would I invite to my wedding? And I thought, actually... I'd struggle to cut it down yeah whereas in life you think maybe at times especially in the last year I know a lot of people have felt lonely I felt quite lonely even though like it's that thing of not being able to invite you around to my house which I can do now and I'm so blessed to be able to do that and I'm so glad you're here um but I felt quite lonely uh but actually when you think about things like that it's really important to step back and think who would I invite to my wedding? I think yeah. it's a really nice hypothetical. You go, oh my God, like I, I can only have a hundred people there. It's going to be too expensive yeah, and yeah. things like that. You go, oh my God, I've got to cut that person. And like, you don't want to do that. And that's actually a really nice hypothetical because you'd be like, I could have 5 million people at my wedding and yeah. all these people love me and I love them. And it's a, it's a nice, I th- every now and then do, for the kids at home and for the play, <laughs> do a, who would I invite to my wedding? And you'll realize how many friends you have. Yeah. Um, and how many enemies you have. That was a fun one. Who I like, wouldn't you invite? Oh gosh, yeah. I've got. There's a few people on my list. Yeah. I don't know. Miracle chance. She's just <laughs> not going to be there. <laughs> I hate her. I'm
2: joking. I She's wonderful. Love I love her. I love her. <laughs> um, I don't think there's many people who I would not invite. No, I mean, no. There's lots of people I wouldn't invite just because I don't know them. Yeah. Oh <laughs> <lots of people. laughs> Like six I just billion. Yeah. Like the entire population of the earth. But um, <laughs> I don't think there's many people I wouldn't invite. <laughs> I
1: don't think there's anyone I. I don't
2: think there's anyone I hate
1: oh oh, come on Blake <laughs> I think we should wrap up the podcast here. And... <laughs> oh come on no 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 I, I do love it I mean it, it, um, actually um, Will and I talked about this there's a really amazing thing in our industry where there's quite a cynical way of thinking about it where everyone is kind to get something but actually it's so important in our industry because it's such a social and people orientated thing everyone is so kind and they're you know not necessarily for a reason they're just kind um, and I I really, um, like, I really love that about what we do for a living. Yeah. Like, that we got a call a week ago and it was like, guys, do you want to go to the West End? Because we're going to take you. And we did an audition. I know, obviously, we're just for the original show, but it could have been very easy for them to kind of go, like, a lot of actors are free at the moment. Uh, a lot. Yeah. And a lot of, I would describe better actors than me. <laughs> you know? Like, a lot of them, are... oh, oh, <laughs> imposter no. syndrome, imposter no, syndrome, no. but... They're all free, and they called us up and said, "They're free. You we're loyal to, to you. You did this for us. We cut you off. You know, <laughs> they're free. <laughs> <laughs> I just got me to it it They're free. You, you don't have to pay them. <laughs> you have to pay us. Yeah, we're really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and they're paying. <laughs> they're not they're paying. Me. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the other thing. Is I get paid to sing and dance for a living. It's crazy. Right. But um, Blake Patrick Anderson, I'm so thankful that you've come round to my house, filmed. A podcast with lights and cameras and phones and and laptops and microphones and and talk just just rubbish. I'm thrilled. Uh, thank you so much. I love you so much. I love you. And um, I uh, I don't know. How, I I right, this uh, is the other thing. I really don't know how to sign these things. Up. How how do you end a podcast?